Yeah, you can kind of see them. The, one of their players was chuckling, like when they iced the puck. But I think they kind of thought the game was over. But it really just gave us another offensive zone chance. The next 35 seconds after John Tavares wins the ensuing faceoff are pure mayhem, or as Canadians prefer to call it, poetry. I didn't realize there was only five seconds. I just jumped out into the crowd and started running towards them. So as I got the puck, all of a sudden I got rolled over. Here's Kretzky at the line. Oh, he hit. Kretzky really bounced by McCreary and he is hurt. It was his last shift in the NHL. <laughs> Never played really? again. Don't you ever let that bird stand in your crease. If he's there, you run him the f- over. He was oh. a beauty. I'm James Duffy, and this is Beauties, Hockey's Greatest Untold Stories, the podcast based on the book of the same name, which is now available. We're not going to share all of the book's stories on the pod, just a few. Today's tale, Can You Believe It? Before Jordan Eberle becomes one of Canada's best world junior championship players ever, he is the worst. I might have been the worst player at camp. I was horrible. They put me on a line with Tavares. I like I figured I was gonna you know get a shot at making the team right. I tried new skates and I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, I was brutal. I, I remember even JT telling me I, I knew I was bad. It might have been the skates. I was trying these CCM skates and they were brand new and, I, and they sucked. I remember my exit meeting in that summer camp with Benoit Group and I think he even told me that I was the worst player at camp. Everly leaves thinking I may have just blown my chance. He goes back to his home in Calgary. When I was a kid, I remember, you know, George Tutu and Dion Phaneuf and the Grand Forks team. That's when he realized how huge the tournament had become and how desperately he wanted to be there someday. Everly says you really have two dreams growing up playing hockey in Canada. To play in the NHL and win a Stanley Cup and to play for Canada at the World Juniors. Everly had never been a lock to make Team Canada, Sure, he'd been a first-round selection of the Edmonton Oilers that June, but not a high pick, 22nd overall. Ten Canadians are taken before him. And he's 18, trying to make a team usually dominated by 19-year-olds. As his Western Hockey League season starts with the Regina Pats, his world junior dream feels like it's slipping away. Then the hockey gods intervene. Specifically, the one in charge of coach recruitment. Grew gets hired to coach the AHL's Rochester Americans and has to step down as coach of Team Canada. The man who witnessed Eberly's summer camp calamity is gone, and a living legend, Pat Quinn, takes his place. That changes everything for Eberly. I played in the under-18s, uh, and Pat Quinn was our coach. We won. We absolutely dominated Rush in the final, and I played quite a, quite a big role in the team, and, and then I got invited to the World Junior Camp. So suddenly, he feels better about his chances. The hiring of Quinn helps, and Eberly helps himself too. His start to the season in Regina is ridiculous, as he scores goals in bunches and launches himself right back onto Team Canada's radar. He earns an invitation to the December tryout camp and makes the team. Though most of Canada remembers only one moment from that tournament, Eberly has an impact in almost every game including a key power play goal in a dramatic come-from-behind win over the Americans on New Year's Eve. Tipped in by Everly. Canada looks shaky at times, but goes undefeated 
and earns a bye to the semifinals against Russia. Underway on this Saturday night. There is an early hint it might be Eberle's night. On a five-on-three power play in the second period, Cody Hodgson fires a shot. Back for Hodgson. Hodgson walks in. He shoots. It goes off a leg. It takes a wild bounce in the air and lands right at Eberle's feet in front of the net. Now Eberle shoots. Scores! Just a lucky goal. Shot on the net. I think it went off a couple guys. The bounce could not be more perfect. He just throws it at the net. It goes off someone and squeaks in. That someone is Russian defenseman Dmitry Kulikov. It won't be his last unfortunate encounter with Eberle this night. It's 4-4 with just over two minutes left, when Dmitry Klopov jams a loose puck past Canadian goalie Dustin Tokarski. They jam away a touch to lose, they score! <laughs> Klopov got the last touch and the Russians lead for the first time with 2.20 to go in the third period. The sellout crowd in Ottawa, one of the loudest I've ever heard at a hockey game, falls silent. My parents have come to the game. They're sitting with me on the TSN set. Jim and Sheila Duffy are almost 80, and I worry about them being caught in the crowd in the heavy traffic leaving the rink in Canada. Dad hates traffic. So after Russia scores, I say, maybe you guys should go and beat the crowd. They listen and leave. I mean, they probably won't miss anything, right? Canada has the net empty and is pressing with 45 seconds left when Klopov, the Russian hero minutes earlier, picks up a loose puck near the Russian blue line. Tavares reaches for it. Now Klopov with a chance. He has ample room to skate the puck up ice, but instead seems to panic. Shoots, and he misses the empty net, icing against the Russians. 41.3 seconds to go. It goes just wide. Icing. Eberly says his heart stops as the puck is going down the ice towards the net. He calls it the best icing ever. And then he notices a couple of the Russian guys are smiling, chuckling. Yeah, you can kind of see them. The, one of their players was chuckling, like when they iced the puck. I think they kind of thought the game was over, but it really just gave us another offensive zone chance. The next 35 seconds after John Tavares wins the ensuing faceoff are pure mayhem, or as Canadians prefer to call it, poetry. Funny thing is, Eberly is barely involved. He briefly touches the puck right off the faceoff, but spends the rest of the time circling near the front of the net, waiting hoping, praying. Most of the play is on the right side of the Russian zone. Cody Hodgson is down low, Ryan Ellis is on the point, with forward Zach Boychuk out near him. P.K. Subban mans the other point, mostly out of the action. John Tavares is puck hunting. Everly only sneaks into the camera frame here and there. A ghost. So many little plays go into the making of a miracle. With 16 seconds left, Ellis slams his shoulder up against the glass at the blue line. Filatov with time to the line. Ellis knocks it down. To block a Russian clearing attempt. Game over if he misses. They battle on the wall for it. Ellis in there as well. Ellis and Boychuk then battle with two Russian players just inside the line to keep the puck in. Game over if they fail. Boychuk looking for it. With 10 seconds left, Hodgson lifts the stick of a Russian player, preventing another clear. Game over if he doesn't. And then Tavares finds the puck over by the boards. Tavares pulls it out. And backhands it blindly towards the net. Tavares backhand towards the goal. Soft, harmless muffin. It all comes out just getting pucks to the net. And as cliche as that sounds, it's pretty much all you're doing. You're trying to throw it on net and wait for the bounce. And that is exactly what happens. Kulikov, off whom Everly had ricocheted his shot on his first goal back in the second, drops to his knees to try to stop the puck 
He must have it. His entire body is on top of it. But somehow it sneaks through him. If you're Russian, the moment has a painful Bill Buckner-like feel to it in slow-mo. And there is Jordan Eberle. The puck is on his stick for just a fraction of a second. Quick move from forehand to backhand, goalie down and desperate, puck flipped up and over his outstretched stick. Loose puck, Eberle scores! Tie game! Can you believe it? It's 5-5 with 5.4 seconds left. Bedlam. Can you believe it? Gordon Miller, the voice of the World Juniors on TSN, brilliantly calls the goal. What's going through my head at that time is just, I mean, you're just playing, and then, you know, you realize you score, you're going nuts. You know, I peel off into the corner, I'm celebrating, I get tackled. I knew there wasn't a lot of time. I didn't realize there was only five seconds. You always dream about scoring a last-second goal like that in a huge game, he says. But when it happens, it's surreal. And at that very moment, listening to their car radio in a parking lot outside the arena, Jim and Sheila Duffy suddenly wished they had stopped at two daughters and not had a third child. The game is tied, not over, and it still isn't over after 10 minutes of overtime. Quinn taps Eberle to go first in the shootout. Jordan Eberle starts the shootout. A week or two earlier, they had done a shootout after practice, and Eberle went five for five. He couldn't miss so he figured they might go to him if it ever got there. Eberly skates up ice, slides the puck to his backhand, and goes upstairs. Eberly it's Canada leads. Tavares scores on the next Canadian attempt, and Dustin Tokarski stops the first two Russian shooters. It's over. Canada will play Sweden for the gold medal. That ends up being the, the overtime winner, which I think in international hockey gives you a a goal if he gets a shootout winner. So he ends up with a hat trick. He had no idea. And he doesn't think anybody notices anyway. The tying goal is all anyone remembers. Everly meets his family after the game. Tears flow. World Juniors is such a, was an important part of my family. Like I said, we, we planned Christmas vacation, whether we were skiing or whatever it was. We were, we were watching World Juniors. That was, that was part of it. So to be having such an instrumental part in winning a gold medal in your home country for the I think it was the fifth one in a row um, in your home, home capital. It was that was pretty special. The gold medal game is anticlimactic after the semis. Everly scores an empty net goal in a 5-1 Canada win. It's the country's fifth straight World Junior gold medal. More than a decade later, Eberle still gets asked about the can-you-believe-it goal by fans everywhere he goes. They all want to tell him where they were and how much it meant to them. That magical night in Ottawa was 14 months before Sidney Crosby scored the Olympic winner in overtime in Vancouver. So for an entire generation of Canadians, Eberle's goal is their first Paul Henderson moment. I was even talking to Noah Dobson about it the other day. And he said that's like his biggest fond memory. I was kind of laughing. It dates me a bit. <laughs> it's remarkable how a moment like that can stick in one's memory. Apparently even the memory of hockey executives trying to improve their team. In 2017, Eberle is traded from the Edmonton Oilers to the New York Islanders. A big part of me getting traded to New York was they brought me in to play with JT. But just based on they thought with your chemistry. Um, 
and really, really, we had never played together other than world championships years later. But they talk about world juniors playing together. I'm like, well, we never played on a line really other than the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Everly finds it hilarious. During their time with the Islanders, Tavares and Everly have a running joke about the goal. You see, after Gordon Miller yelled, Can you believe it? His analyst, Pierre Maguire, followed instantly with, I can, because of the fact that Tavares had to step up and make a magical play. The crowd loves it. Tavares' magical play. Tavares would rib Eberly that it was his magical play that should have gotten all the credit. I think more, than, more so than anything, JT joke about his magical play more than anything. Because <laughs> obviously that was a big part of it that we thought was funny. I mean, it's a smart play by JT, and that's what I'm... I'm pointing at it. Like it wasn't, you have to throw pucks on net, but like, if you look at the play, it's just a backhand on net. It's really nothing special. And you even look at the, the way I scored, it's, it's really nothing special. I just grabbed the puck, go to my backhand. Everly's goal remains one of the most dramatic and replayed moments in our nation's hockey history. It's never fading. But what will surely be forgotten as the decades slide by is that the very next year, he did it again. Canada trails the Americans 5-3 with under three minutes left in the 2010 World Junior Gold Medal game in Saskatoon. Eberly, now 19 and a household name in Canada, does the unthinkable. He scores twice in a minute 20 to tie it 5-5. I could not believe it. Everly says, unintentionally paraphrasing Gord Miller. My initial thought is like, oh my God, I did it again. Like, this is insane. <laughs> like, it was, like, that was, that was what went through my head. I was like, I just could not believe that that was happening. Like, it happened again. And Everly says, if you look at those two goals, they are, quote, pure crap. The first one is a one-timer on the power play that he completely fans on, and it fools Jack Campbell and goes five-hole. The second one bounces off about three guys. Just unreal luck, Everly calls it. You're just feeling it like it's like you can do no wrong. <laughs> it's a rare, it's a rare, uh, rare feeling to have from sports. But this time, the Everly storybook ends with a painful twist. U.S. defenseman John Carlson beats Martin Jones on a three-on-one, 320 into overtime. In comes Carlson, with Stephen and Ramage. Carlson in, shoots, scores! John Carlson scores in overtime, and the United States has won the World Junior Hockey Championship. And Canada's five-year gold medal streak is over. That one, that one really stopped, just it being obviously such a, such a huge lead-up to hopefully winning and we lose, and it was in my own home province. Uh, obviously, I had all my family there again. He tears up in the dressing room after. He just doesn't want it to be over. Ponder for a moment Canada winning that game. Let your imagination stretch a little further to see Everly scoring the overtime goal. He might have gotten a statue before he played a single NHL game. Instead, the silver in Saskatoon becomes just a footnote in Canada's collective hockey memory. It's the Russia goal that is eternal. My brother got married in um, Jamaica, and uh, my dad and I were having a few drinks. We were pretty drunk, and I asked him. I, I never asked him before. I asked him, like, so what was that like, like, watching that? Like, he must have been like, what the hell is going on? Like, he obviously scored in the shootout and scored in the tying goal, like, just the whole world. And he, he, he said to me, it was just like, I just couldn't believe what was happening. I thought that was kind of cool. He was almost speechless. Like, he just couldn't believe that that was happening. I don't think it really hits you, maybe, until years later. 
um, until you start reflecting on it. It's a good thing he has those memories because there are almost no souvenirs from that game. The puck Eberle scored the tying goal with remained in play and was never saved. And he took the stick he scored with back to Regina, broke it, and threw it in the garbage bin, not even thinking of its place in history. Fortunately, the Pats trainer was well aware of what it meant. He retrieved it from the trash and taped it back together. Eberly gave it to his mom. The stick that saved Canada remains in her house in Calgary. Beauties is written by me, James Duffy, and produced by Christoph Mamona with the support of TSN and Bell Media. The book Beauties is available wherever you get your books. I think you'll like it. Beauties! They call them beauties, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pay that game.